yelled at by my lay leader for starting late, and he's the one back there talking three minutes after the service is supposed to start. Mr. Dillion, it's time to sit your butt down and get church started. The Lord be with you. I wanted to let you know that I will be on vacation uh, this coming week from um, Wednesday into Tuesday, the Reverend Ryan Ware of Wesley Chapel in Rock Springs United Methodist Church will be preaching for me again. Uh, in, 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 in return, I will be preaching for him two Sundays in January. So it'll be good. Um, also, at the last council meeting, the church voted to take up um, donations uh, from the different committees for a project uh, called the Henderson Settlement which takes place here in the United States, in Kentucky, in the Appalachian Mountain area, which is the poorest part of our country. Um, and what happens is we take these gifts that are up here, um, all of this which has been paid for uh, by the different committees of the church, and are taken to the Henderson Settlement, where then the parents are able to pay a small fee and can get whatever gift they want for their children. The, the beauty of it is that it allows the parents to take part by paying something and to contribute some sort of ownership. So if you would like to donate towards that, you still can. Just let me know. Um, the deadline to have everything to Ryan is on Wednesday. Are there any questions about that? All right. Well then, it's all you.
if you would, please join me in the call to worship. O come, let us sing to the Lord. For the Lord is a great God. God of majesty, you love us with an everlasting love and show us the way to justice and peace. In Jesus Christ, you have reconciled the whole world to you and claimed us as your own, that we may live as his body on earth and with all the saints enter into your glory on that last day. Amen. Holy God, open your word. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that our eyes may see and be enlightened and we may know the hope to which you have called us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. And all of God's people said. The scripture for this morning comes from Ephesians um, 15 which is not any of this, apparently. All right, Ephesians 15, um, 1, 15 through 23. Since I have heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, this is the reason that I don't stop giving thanks to God for you when I remember you in my prayers. I pray that 
God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that makes God known to you. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be will have enough light to see what is the hope of God's call, what is the riches of God's glory's inheritance among believers, and what is the overwhelming greatness of God's power that is working among us believers. This power is conferred by the energy of God's powerful strength. God's power was at work in Christ when God raised him from the dead and sat him at God's right side in the heavens. And far above every ruler and authority and power and angelic power, any power that might be named not only now but in the future, God put everything under Christ's feet and made him the head of everything in the church, which is his body. His body, the church, is the fullness of Christ who fills everything in every way. This is the word of God for the people of God. This morning, we meet after a bitter election battle where the results of the election are still waiting, even now, to be certified. We meet in the midst of a pandemic where later this week, instead of gathering in homes of loved ones and sharing a meal together, many people will choose to stay home and celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday in a different way. We meet in this space wondering if, how, and why we should be thankful when a polarization continues to happen throughout the nation on many different levels. Amen? We meet. In this space, wondering if, how, and why we should be thankful. This morning we meet, tired of how our world, our nation, and individual lives have been affected by COVID-19, and the constant reminder that our lives will continually be interrupted and disrupted by this virus. Some of us are looking to the coming season of Christmas not with their normal joyous perspective, but with a sense of dread as they realize that even the Christmas season will be tainted by the many things going on in our world, and the joyous season of Christmas will certainly be different this year. In the midst of all these things, we continue to meet on this last Sunday of the lectionary year on the threshold between Thanksgiving and the new beginnings of Advent. And in the midst of this dark, gloomy, chaotic year where everything seems to be unhinged and disordered, we meet to proclaim that Jesus Christ is our Lord. That Jesus is the King and the ruler over all things. Hear these words. Since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, your love for all God's people, this is my reason that I don't stop giving thanks for you when I remember you in my prayers. How fitting is it that this morning, as we find ourselves tired of all the chaos, that we hear Paul's words of thanksgiving. 
Paul begins by greeting the church at Ephesus with a reflective tone, a gentle tone of thanksgiving, a, a thoughtful reflection of the many ways that God is and was at work throughout the year before turning his hope to the future. As I noted last week, we tend to be a people who only look at the negative. Yet God has given us more than enough. Your faith in Christ had manifested itself in your continual tithing, your continued meeting together over the phone as you study the Sunday school lesson together and pray for one another. Your faith has been manifested in the spirit of giving as we've given funds to Salvation Army and recently the Henderson Settlement. Your faith has been manifesting itself in the phone calls and the words of love that you share with one another. It is even found, it is even found in the longing to gather together again like normal. And as we enter into this week of thanksgiving, might we too be reflective of how God has been at work in our midst and be thankful. Amen? Might we too be reflective of how God has been at work in our midst and be thankful for even in the midst of the chaos, God's love, grace, hope, and peace continues to break through. For what do we have to be thankful for? The work that God has already done among the people of God. And it is worth giving thanks to God for these things. As we are living in these unprecedented times of a pandemic where nothing seems to be right and everything seems to be upside down, I don't know about you, but it seems hard to proclaim the Lordship of Christ after just watching only five minutes of the news. Yet our text for this morning reminds us that our hope is not grounded in the present reality that we find ourselves in, but in the ever continual work of God. And Paul, in his prayer, calls us to be a people who recognize that God is not done. There is more work to be done, more growing that needs to be happening, and more grace to be experienced, and more wisdom to be found. You see, Paul calls for our thanksgiving to be unceasing. As the church is drawn into the prayer of the apostles, prayer for wisdom, there is this call for an unceasing thanksgiving, for there is much to be gleaned, much wisdom to be attained as God reveals God's self in the disruptions of our routines, our traditions, and our way of life. That the Christmas hymns are replaced with meditations and the Christmas play is nowhere in sight, what might God teach us in the newness of social distancing, air hugs, and online worship? As we are forced to look at the way we do things in a different way, I wonder how we might be confronted by God's grace. Or as one commentator says, quote, what would it be like if we put our loyalties first to the way of Christ? How would that affect our vote? where we shop, how we spend our time, in what ways we are conceding, in what ways are we conceding to the earthly authorities without even knowing it. 
unquote. How might God use even this chaos to show us something about God? I am reminded of the Israelites who, after being captured by Babylon, were forced to change every aspect of their lives from what they wore, how they dressed, ate, and worshipped, the way they did living, period. It was thought, it is the thought of most scholars, that the first five books of the Old Testament, also known as the Torah, were verbally passed down from generation to generation, that is, until the Israelites were captured and sent to Babylon, where there, in the city of their enemies, the Israelites began to write down the stories of the Scripture during their captivity, where everything was different, and they changed their whole way of living. Why did they do this? Because in the midst of the chaos, they needed to be continually reminded of the God who still loves them. And so they wrote the stories down. And they wrote them down while in captivity. Even in what seems to be gloom and doom, right? God was at work. For it is because of their faithful witness in the midst of the darkest times of their lives that the Israelites and God and by God's spirit gave us the gift of Genesis, Numbers, Exodus, and so on. You see, to grow in wisdom to develop a deeper relationship with God means that we must be challenged. Growth is the result of being challenged in our core convictions as we commune with one another, as we read scripture together, as we pray and fast and hold one another accountable. Spiritual growth is often found when we are in the midst of the storms because it is in those spaces whereby everything seems to be going wrong that we look to God more full. The reality is we should be challenged, asking new questions and discovering new ways of seeing and relating to God. And in this whirlwind of a year, we certainly need an advent. We need God to tear through the mass and to give us not a heart of anger or resentment or worry, but a heart of joy. For as our prayer for communion says, Almighty God, free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We need God to break into our attitudes and give us that joyful obedience. You see, next week, Next week, as we enter into the season of Advent, where we are anticipating the work of God, where we are studying the inbreaking of God into our world, might we intentionally seek to see God in the midst of the abnormal, 
that through and by God's grace we might come to appreciate God's continual grace in our lives. For there are many days when the blessings we receive go unappreciated. Like a home and a family, friends, a church family, and so much more. It is in realizing all these things that are blessing from God that we can begin to cling more fully to the hope offered to us in Jesus Christ. As we move through this season in our lives, may we be reminded that God is not found in those things which seem to be powerful, those things which divide and conquer us. God, instead, is found in a helpless infant child, in the giving of ourselves to the poor, and in the building of one another up in the faith. May our journey to see Christ in a new way move us beyond our private, individual thoughts about our wants and our needs and move us into a communal witness that embodies the holiness of God. Might the disruption of our routines help us to see God's holiness more fully? For to submit to Christ's lordship, to name Christ as king as we do on this very Sunday is to express a holy love that can be seen and a love that can be heard, a love that breaks down the walls of division, a love that casts out fear, a love that the powers of this world can never hold down. It is a love that we hear as we witness to others in spite of our church its rules and regulations around COVID-19 and inviting them to experience God with us. Why? Because we want them to experience God like we do. It is a love that is heard as we build one another up without eliminating or minimizing our differences. And as we get ready to celebrate Advent, let us seek to be the love that we see in Jesus Christ, especially as we see Christ in different ways. Amen? One of my favorite theologians in the fourth century of the church named St. Augustine stood before his congregation on Christmas Eve and spoke these words, quote, Awake, mankind! For your sake, God has become man. Awake, you who sleep, rise up from the dead, and Christ will enlighten you. I tell you again, for your sake, God became man. Unquote. During this season of Advent, might we hear those words? Awake. For your sake, God has become man. Awake for you who sleep, rise up from the dead, and God will enlighten us. While things will be different, be open to God's spirit. Be awakened, be enlightened by Christ, and experience our faith in new ways, especially as we live into this constant reminder that we are not in control. And might the chaos and the disruptions of our routines and traditions speak in profound ways. As it speak profoundly of those four Sundays and what they represent in Advent. Hope, faith, joy. Does anyone know the last one? 
and peace. Hope, faith, joy, and peace. But the chaos and the disruptions of our routines and traditions speak in profound ways of the hope, faith, joy, and peace that God offers to us in the coming of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Not just as we remember the stories of the scriptures where Jesus is this infant, but also the coming of God's spirit that continually moves in the world today, and of course, that last coming, when all will be set right. And let us find the power of God that overcomes all things. For Christ, our Lord, is our King. Amen. Holy and gracious God, on this day when your kingship seems to be diminished by the powers of this world, remind us that they don't have the last say, just like death didn't have the last say. But that your kingdom, your power, the power of your love, the power of who you are, overcomes all those things that worry us. And might we live more fully into the holiness that you call us to. Into the mission of the church as we follow your lead. As we proclaim your hope, love, faith, joy, and peace. We pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you would, please join me in professing uh, the Lordship of Christ as we proclaim together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen.
as we've discussed multiple times. There are three ways to tie this morning. You may use your offering plate when leaving. For those of you who are here in person, for those of you who are joining us online, you may mail in your tithes or you may pay online with the website uh, using PayPal or the back of your bulletin. If you would, please join me as we bless these tithes. Almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for your love in Jesus Christ our Lord. Accept our offering in union with Christ's offering for us. Confirm us in the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, that we may testify to the sovereignty of his love. Through Christ, with the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. And all of God's people said, Brothers and sisters, with the eyes of your hearts enlightened, receive the hope to which you have been called in Jesus Christ, that the world will not overcome. May the grace of Christ surround you, the love of God astound you, and the Holy Spirit keep you this day and forevermore. Go in peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Amen. I wanted to pray for all these gifts that have been bought. Uh, one, two fifty from the church, United Methodist Men's Children's Council, Sisters in Praise, or Circle Friends. Is that it? Am I missing any? And so they, they each added up to $1,000. So me and, and Ryan and, and Sierra and Samuel, bless his heart, had to look at all the toys go into bags. He did get four sets, or three sets of balls. He was very satisfied with that. All the way home, all I heard was, ball, ball. He loves his balls. He loved playing with them. We were playing with our ball this morning. But let us pray for these gifts that they might be used to share God's love to those who are most vulnerable. Amen. Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks for the ways that you are working in this church. We ask that you might bless these gifts, that the parents who picked them out and the children who received them might be blessed to know your love, your hope, your grace, and your peace. Might these gifts just be a glimmer of who you are. We are so thankful for all those whose time and effort and monies went into these purchases. God, use us and continue to use us for your glory. And all of God's people said, Amen. Go in peace.